Welcome to Runners Radio, where we bring you the stories and the teachings of the world's leading high performers, as well as some bloody amazing human beings as well. If you find some value in the show, we would greatly appreciate you taking a few seconds to leave us a five-star review. It really does enable us to help a lot more people. The show is brought to you by runners.com. That's R-U-N-N-E-Z.com. Runners is your online running coach, no matter your level or aspirations. Just put runners in your ears and off you go. Without further ado, let's get on to the show. G'day and welcome to Runners Radio, a little bit of a collab one. I just got off this great man's show and he's an absolute ripper. Now I'm going to interview him because he has got an absolute wealth of knowledge and experiences to share with you all. Liam O'Donnell is a mental well-being and I guess mental health coach. Um, and how else would you describe yourself, great man? Mate, you're pretty close. Mindset, mental well-being coach, speaker, um, facilitator. I don't get too held up on you know, the titles, you know, just more interested in the work that I do, trying to have an impact, um, you know, and create content as well. So I'm a big content creator, um, but mate, you can just call me Liam, that's all that really matters for now. Well, I love you and thank you, mate. Thanks for coming down. We've only known each other a few weeks. We had a coffee a few weeks back and Liam's come down to our Cheltenham studio here and look, he's just an inspiring dude. Since I met him, I've done a lot of reading and listened to a lot of his content and he's an absolute prolific content um, provider on his uh, podcast, which is Braintainment. Braintainment, that's the one. Podcast. So we'll obviously put links to that. Um, and I think this might even be on there. His YouTube channel, which is Liam O'Donnell. Just Liam O'Donnell. But there's lots of Instagrams. But Braintainment's a great, great show. So I recommend anybody listening to that because the thing about Braintainment is it's, you get a good idea of Liam's personality, his authentic self. He's really, he, he leaves no stone unturned to give you guys the best, I guess, content and, and just... I guess it's really, really valuable. I don't like listening to podcasts if I'm going to be just having a wait for the wait 30, 40 minutes for the gold. Like Liam just goes straight to the point, bang, 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 and it's really cool. So if if you if you're a big uh, listener of podcasts and like self development, um, then Liam is your man. Now appreciate that, brother. No, you you are. I'm you, looking around, thinking who's he, who's he talking yeah, about? It's, it's you. It? It's no one behind you. Right, okay. I promise you, I'm talking all about. Mate, you can keep going if you like. like <laughs> mate, I, and the thing is, that's all off the top of my head. No, you come um, on. I do love it, and you have interviewed some amazing guests on that show. But a lot of the ones sometimes which is 15 minutes of mm. you, and I'm just you talking, and and again back to the authentic self. And I, I think we're, if anyone knows this show or Runners Radio or, or just Runners or whatever we do, Red Zone, it is, it's ve- a lot of our values do align. Um, and I loved a lot of the values, but um, I guess what are you doing in this in this current state? The last twelve months or six twelve months, and then I'll get you to take us back to where it all began, and then we'll get into some of the gold. Mate, sounds good. Well, firstly, appreciate you coming out the time to to do this with me. It's amazing to be in this studio. Obviously, we just had a chat earlier as well, so I'm excited to to reconnect. And you touched on it already, Rick. But you know, a lot of our values align which is cool um, I like your approach as well having that personality influenced in the work that you do um, you know it's a big part for me and that authenticity coming through so mate it's bloody awesome to have this time to, to have a powwow together in the yeah, flesh uh, mate the last it's, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind but I'll give you the highlights real anyway certainly the last say year or so um, so a lot of the work that I do now is I do some one-on-one coaching stuff with people and I also do some talks for workplaces schools and sports clubs do, do a lot of stuff with footy clubs just given my background 
you know, playing footy and, and in the sports community. And a lot of that stuff is in large part around mental health. You know, I've had my own, my own journey, which I'm sure we'll get to pretty shortly. Um, I've had a lot of highs, a lot of lows. Um, I know a lot of people can relate to that. You know, the, I mean, the stats alone don't lie. You know, the rates of uh, mental health issues certainly in the last few years are really alarming within Australia. You know, it's pretty funny. We consider ourselves such a laid back country. Yeah, I think we're actually the second most medicated country in the world for mental health issues. So there's obviously some, some work to be done there and I've had my own journey. So I do some coaching with people around improving their well-being and, and how, they, how they feel on a daily basis, how they see themselves. We can unpack that a bit more soon. I do some talks, like I said, um, for groups of people around mental health and also just how to build an empowering mindset, which is, you know, sounds very abstract. A lot of the times, you know, when I'm talking about my work, a bit nervous about um, it just sounding too ethereal or too kind of abstract. But ultimately for me, having gone through, you know, really debilitating depression for a period of time, you know, really struggling with crippling anxiety for a period of time, we'll unpack that more soon. I've come out the other end of that, far from perfect, at the end of the day, we're all human beings, but feeling dramatically better. And I now know how bad it can get. Um, even when things on paper should line up to you know, feeling really good, I know how bad it can get. And I guess kind of the juice of what I want to be excited to share with, with your audience today is I know, how, I know how much that can change. You can completely fucking rewrite the script. You can feel dramatically different. So for anyone tuning in that's maybe struggling right now, it is unfathomable how much you can improve how you feel. Okay, and we'll sort of talk about strategies, my strategies and things that I find useful in a moment as well, but my bit of a roundabout way of saying coaching and, and, and talks that I provide, knowing the impact that uh, the right information and the right consistency can have. And so that's what I do now. Yeah, and that's a really good way to put it because I understand it can be quite wishy-washy, but it's not. When, at the end of the day, um, what you do and people in your space do, uh, it's not many more important jobs, I'd say, because it genuinely, if the listeners are out there that are really struggling, um, this is the kind of stuff that it, you can change your life dramatically. Mm. Um, just get in contact with someone like Liam and, and obviously we'll, we'll go through your details later, mate. Take us back to the beginning, but obviously not. you don't have to go too deep, but take us, I guess, the first 20-odd years of your life um, as a human being and then when it all started to go, mm. a spiral out of control in a, in a bad way, I guess, mate. Yeah, well, I'll give, you, I'll give you and the audience some context, right? So my story looks like this. I think it's really relevant and parts of it, you know, potentially your audience may relate to, to certain parts of this, but um, for me, it really kind of, the, the journey kicked off in my mid-20s. You know, growing up, um, there were certainly some challenges, which I don't think we'll need to unpack on this platform right now, but um, like a lot of people, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. But, you know, may do, was in a footy culture, which was amazing, but it was also, you know, for the longest period of time, sort of a culture and environment where, you know, showing your feelings, thinking out loud, being vulnerable, it just just wasn't encouraged. And so, you know, over time, I built an identity of myself that was, you know, the party guy, the footy guy. Um, and listen, I got no beef with having a good time. I certainly got no beef with sports. I love it. We share a mutual interest in sports and, you know, in fitness. Um, but, you know, the, the danger comes when you are not also allowing yourself to be human and you're not allowing yourself to act in alignment with being authentic. And a lot of people just don't know what that looks like. And I didn't when I was, you know, teenager coming into my early 20s. All I really cared about was, you know, girls um, having, a, having a good time on the weekend and, you know, playing sports and being, being good at what I did and sort of having a real ego around that. challenge with that, Rick, is, you know, you sort of get to throughout your mid-20s and that starts to get chipped away a little bit and all of a sudden, if you're no longer 
you know, the gun sportsman. I, you know, I tried to get my, originally for me, the plan was to get into the AFL, didn't work out. And all of a sudden that was taken away from me. Um, my identity of being the party guy, all of a sudden that was just starting to not feel that good. My values were starting to change, yet I was still showing up the same way. So all of a sudden, all these things are adding up and my ego is getting challenged. And when that was stripped away, I was kind of left with nothing else and felt really naked emotionally. I felt like a fraud in a lot of ways. And that was when I started to really flirt with, you know, looking back on it now, it was with the first signs of depression. And I was really struggling with it. I just didn't know where to, what to do with that. Didn't know what to do with that feeling. Um, and mate, it all sort of started to culminate on a footy trip. I won't go into the gory details, but you know, uh, having, a, having a crack over a, a four day weekend. And I just remember um, that last day having the paramedics come up to the hotel room just because I'd really destroyed my body. Um, and you know, in large part, that was just trying to chase the feeling of, of being a certain person, you know, the, the party guy, the, the whatever. And I felt so horrible. Physically, I was completely shot. And then when the paramedics left, I was all, you know, got the all clear. I was going to be fine. I was just overdone it. Um, I had a moment, mate. And again, I won't give you all the gory details, but I had a moment where um, I really reconsidered my life. And, you know, I, it, was, it was a scary feeling and it stuck with me. And then shortly after that, a couple of months later, I was overseas with my brother. And this is a big part of my story sustained a head injury, which was actually, you know, wrong place, wrong time. But if we unpack it a little bit more, it was uh, uh, out the front of a bar and we had a few drinks and me and my brother just, we got, we got jumped by a group of guys and I was king hit overseas and, um, you know, structurally things cleared up reasonably quickly, but the long lasting effects of that were pretty dramatic. And so I was diagnosed with post-concussion syndrome. You see a lot of it coming out now, the long lasting effects of concussions and head traumas with footy guys. And, you know, I sustained a really bad example of, of post-concussion syndrome and then that really spiralled the depression and into anxiety. It was really a three-year process of trying to navigate through that. So, mate, to bring it all back together, um, that's why, for me, um, I'm so passionate about the work I do now because it took me down this rabbit hole. I experienced the depths of despair at times. Um, but then I've gone down this rabbit hole, studied you know, human behavior, psychology, physiology, all these things that I needed to build myself brick by brick back to feeling good, to feeling, and, and feeling in a way I'd never felt before. Yeah. You know? um, and so having done that myself in a lot of, a lot of ways has been amazing, but then you know, now feeling this, this drive and this purpose to share some of that le- those learnings and ideas along the way in the hope that maybe something might help or, or resonate with someone that you know, tunes in. Yeah, brilliantly. I mean, you just think of that really well. And um, I think people can understand exactly. I think a lot of listeners out there would certainly understand a lot of what you spoke about. Obviously, the concussion, very serious concussion, uh, mind you, is very unique as Mm. far as that's not the norm. But everything until that moment, I've got no doubt. I'm listening to it, not in my head. I've got no doubt people just going, yeah, that's me and that's me. So... Thank you for that was brilliantly put. And I've got no doubt, I know you speak very often on stage in front of groups of 100 men and women and, and young young teenagers and, and athletes and footballers. So I've got no doubt you go deeper into that and that's that's the time exactly uh, to go into that. Um, and one-on-one, I can imagine. Mm. But haven't you, because you are such an open book and you are so honest, authentic all the time, it just must, it's a very safe place for people. So um, your clients and your the people you mentor on a day-to-day basis, they must feel very safe because you certainly, there's no judgment there. Mm. Zero judgment, which That's is obviously huge. number one. Um, and I know you're really good with a lot of your um, messages and I think that's a big one for you. you. You never judge anyone. 
The post-concussion stuff, though, look, I guess we'll spend a minute or two on that because, yes, it's massive. It's been massive in the NFL for a decade or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, the AFL now, the Australian Rules Footy League, it's been quite massive the last five or six years. We've both got no doubt mutual friends that have, um, aren't allowed to play footy anymore and, um, and pro, pro footballers that aren't allowed to do any contact sport anymore just for fear of um, um, legal retribution and like padding the car and other people get yeah. caught. So take us through the two or three years, I guess, post the, mm. the big, I know you were, you were a very successful business owner prior to this coaching role. Um, I guess, what's life like with it? And was the old stuff coming back? Because I think people w- would not understand it fully. Mate, and I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I didn't at the time. Mm. You know, and a lot of the stuff that's coming out now, the front page of the paper, three weeks in a row, at one point it was with all the head trauma stuff, and it was amazing to see the exposure now. But this all happened for me uh, a bit over six years ago now. And at the time, mate, there was just, there was not a lot of awareness around uh, once things were cleared up structurally in the brain, had an MRI and things of that nature, um, you sort of got the out you get, you should be sweet. And I didn't know where to turn either. And so um, it was really two months after that injury where I was attacked overseas where I first heard the diagnosis of post-concussion syndrome. So it was like, okay, it's not just me being, you know, a little bitch, uh, which is, it was the ambiguity of it was the worst. Like, why the fuck am I still sort of struggling with these symptoms and emotionally so volatile and just, um, you mentioned stuff from the past coming up. It really just exacerbated pre-existing challenges you know sort of that i mentioned before living out of alignment and trying to create an identity that didn't feel right but i was just chasing an ego trip and things like that like all that was just amplified um and then add in the the dizziness the fatigue the um you know the blurry vision like all these symptoms were really rife and so i got the diagnosis and i was able to then go okay at least I know what this looks like. Go down the rabbit hole of seeing other people that struggle with similar challenges and then start to do the, the rehab. And mate, in a nutshell, for me over what ended up being really a five-year period, it was a two and a half to three-year period was quite gnarly, but ultimately a five-year journey. It was about 20 grand spent on you know rehab and uh, coaches and counselling, neuro rehab, um, chiros for the neck adjustment from the whiplash from the trauma. And all these things came into it. And so you learn a lot when you're kind of having to go through that and what really feels like a silent battle, and I know a lot of the mental health mental health stuff, and that's why I'm so passionate about it now, is a similar experience for people is like, no one else is feeling this. Like that's the paradigm a lot of people have. It's like, I'm feeling this or, or I'm feeling a certain way and I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't feel like this. You know, I got, I got the missus, or I got the partner that I love and I got this work and on paper everything's fine, but I feel, I just don't feel right. It's a horrible place to be. And it's hard when you don't know exactly what to do with that. It's really challenging, I found, to, to work through that when you, do, when you feel like you should feel another way, but you don't. And that's how I felt for a number of years um, because structurally things were fine. On the surface, I looked okay. I could still crack jokes, you know, still flirt with women, all that, all that rubbish. But inside, you know, uh, emotionally, mentally, and certainly physically as well, I was struggling. Um, so, mate, it was pretty gnarly, um, but it was really, I reckon, a year and a half post-injury where I started to get some things started to work, right? And that's something we can, sh- we, can, we can unpack a little bit more, but there was some mindset stuff, there was some really practical physiological things that I needed to do um, in terms of like retraining my vision, had a big impact on how I, how I felt and, and some of the symptoms that were showing up for me. Um, getting back into exercise, so for the longest period of time, you know, I felt like anytime I exercise, which was a big part of who I was, you know, and obviously the work you do, you know how important that is for how you feel. 
on a daily basis is getting that exercise in, moving the body. And that, that was stripped away from me. So getting back into that where it wasn't too intense, too intense where the heart rate was too high and actually skyrocketed my symptoms, mm-hmm. but finding that sweet spot where it was okay. I might not be able to do what I could use to do. I might not be able to do, you know, the, the big weights workout right now, but I, it doesn't mean I don't have to do nothing. It doesn't mean I have to do nothing. I can still do, you know, my 10K uh, low to moderate capacity um, aerobic zone um, and focus on the controllable. That's a big thing I tell people, right, is control the controllable. And that gave me a sense of agency, sense of empowerment. Like, fuck, okay, I'm going to do this because I'm going to focus on what I can control. And as soon as you feel like you have a sense of control over a situation, you automatically feel a little bit more empowered. And so for me, that was big. There were things I couldn't control and it was frustrating and I wanted to blame everyone and I was stuck in the past and I wish this didn't happen. It's like, okay, mm. it did. Control the controllable. And so um, the, the, the aerobic capacity training was a big thing for me and a few other modalities as well. And then to be honest, mate, it was a lot of the psychology stuff. So reconnecting to an empowering belief system and a few other things that really became my pillars for rebuilding my mental well-being. That's, that's it. So you've, you've touched on a lot there, but I can imagine now that is a big part of your, uh, I guess, philosophy and, and methodology uh, with, with your mm. clients and your, the people you mentor um, so well. So it must be hard as well. The physical stuff's been taken away at its peak. Because so, when you were talking about your, your issues post-concussion and your, your, the dizziness, the fatigue, the chronic, just the chronic physical feeling of, of nausea and that, mm. so you... That was a big part. That's a big part of anyone's recovery from depression, anxiety, and different different um, other ailments of the same nature. So you, you had to find a way to make it work for you. Yes. And you did. Yeah. So, but how long did that take to find a way to make it work for you from an exercise point of view? Uh, from an exercise point of view, uh, it was probably a couple of years. That's a long time. Yeah. For, for a bloke yeah. who's built his... And we're trying to detach from the ego now. Aren't no, we? of but, course. But for you've built your whole identity around fitness and sport, and you can't do any of it. And it's such a go-to to you to to feel better usually mm. um, when you're in a funk. You know, whether you're whether you're a young kid or a teenager or an early, it doesn't really matter. Whatever your age, exercise is such a good modality just to at least get the endorphins going, improve the you know the physiology, the nervous system, things like that. Like so important. It's and so when that wasn't an option, that was really tough. So I guess just on that before we move on. Um, because we always talk about on these similar shows that we do with exercise and mental health, it is everything. And if you're like you, you were a great athlete and you still are a great athlete, all that stuff. But that's irrelevant. It's it just you you weren't able to move for two years. Mm. So if you're out there and you've never moved before, but you're really having these struggles, just just promise yourself six minute walks, seven minute walks, yes, but, and do it before you even have a chance to think. And then we start to again. Well, we talk of neuroplasticity, and you talk of it very well, and I love it. I'm fascinated by it because we are destined, we can change our destiny tomorrow. I mean, if you get up and move first thing in the morning, it, it just, it's the key. Mm-hmm. Um, and you must have really done that well because you had a lot of reasons, like you said, to not do anything. Mm. But you had to really say, what works for me? Yeah. And, and here's the thing, Rick, as well. Mate, there were some days where I just, I threw in the towel, you know, and there were some days where I was like, just, what's the point? You know, and we spoke before about, comparing to other people and you know um like that was a big thing for me so it was kind of for me it was like what's the point of going for a six minute walk it's not going to change my life mm. fuck it like that was the psychology that i was okay. trapped in and it was really hard to escape from particularly when you go out for that six minute walk and you see someone who's just you know 
banging out a two, three hour ride or you see your mates doing really well in their sports or whatever it might be. And I wasn't quite there at that, at that um, stage in my journey. And that was really frustrating. So it's super easy to stay stagnant. Um, and that's very, you know, very biological experience for us humans is to kind of stay in what feels safe. You know, we're wired for safety and survival. We're not wired, we're not wired for happiness and success and things of that nature. We kind of have to curate that as best we can. And so I was stuck. I just want to highlight that, that it didn't come easy. And, it's, and it, wasn't, it wasn't linear either. Never. That's Never big. It, it was two steps forward, three steps back, but then four steps forward. Like it was over a long enough timeline. That's how you win. Like that, that is how you make progress in, in business, in, in your money, in life, and certainly in your emotional and mental stability, I've found, right? It's not linear. But if you do the fundamentals, the six-minute walk, the daily, daily, over a long enough t- period of time, man, neuroplasticity you touched on is my favorite word I learned in my mid-20s. We are literally designed to adapt and to grow. Like that's what makes us humans, the apex predator. And that sounds very geeky, and, but if you just sit with that for a second, it's kind of what I want people to really consider because there's look you can you can google you can youtube you can search how to feel better how to how to work through mental health challenges there's a lot of modalities and options out there and they're all worth exploring and then exploring with curiosity and finding what works for you but ultimately people will fall short if they don't fundamentally believe that they can change right that mental health trap is the lack of hopefulness that your future can get better that's where that's where certainly where i was stuck so understanding neuroplasticity, even epigenetics, these concepts, which sound, if you keep it simple, Rick, Liam, whoever's tuning in, we're all designed to adapt and to grow. And it might not be tomorrow. You know, your destination might not change overnight, but you can change direction in an instant. And that belief system is everything. The modalities, the tangible stuff, the tips and tricks, it's all useful. Mm-hmm. And we'll unpack that if we've got the time, but it's the belief system that I can and will get better I can, and that, that might be something like a tangible skill like right now you know my example I can't run 10 kilometers because my symptoms flare and I just break down I can't do that but I can and you know here I am running you know doing Ironmans and of the like which is crazy so um, the tangible side of things is cool but the, the kind of the abstract stuff as well so how you feel on a daily basis people wake up and they're consistently flat or fatigued or scared or nervous or anxious or depressed and that's all they know their nervous system has been reconditioned that way from weeks months potentially years of being that way okay know that that too can improve it's not just a pat on the back it's not a motivational speech it's it's no i'm I'm not someone special because i've been able to improve how i felt it's the belief system that you can improve you start there i promise you in three four weeks three four months however long it takes your life can be dramatically different. It, it's it brilliantly put, and we're both so passionate about that, and it doesn't have to be the way it's always been. Um, and that, that's so true, and you, the way you put it is great. You can't expect it to happen overnight, and it's not gonna be instant, it's gonna take a long time. But again, you take the little wins. Like mm. the day, if you think there's no point, believe me, there's two of us here telling you there is every point, and there is every reason to start to change, and it, that, the, the new retransmitters throughout the next day if you do so like, forget about anyone else it's about you how, how are you gonna get the squeeze every inch out of your next day and, and mm. Liam squeezes every inch out of every day but if you feel like rubbish for six weeks so I'm sure like you said it's not linear up and down up and down 
four steps forward, five steps back. But when you did start to move and start to mm-hmm. do things, the, the, the quality of your day, the productivity of your day was always going to be better. Um, and, you, and you do it. You do really help people with that really well. I, I wanted to, like the, pen, the pillars of mental well-being and stuff, like if, if there's someone listening to that, we've spoken about exercise so much, um, we'll get onto a bit of your journey with the triathlon stuff. If is there anything else that they can really work on to take take it day to day type stuff? Yeah, so I'm really big on the tangible stuff too. So the the um, you know I think it's important to have context. So we, that belief system and um, for me is the best place to start. But you know I can give people five pillars that I found really useful. And the important caveat here, Rick, if I may, is you know I'm just one guy. I'm just one dude. I haven't got all the fucking answers. I'm just I, I'm here sharing my journey and in the hope that someone can just take a couple of little bits and pieces, filter it through their own sort of system and then and then integrate what's gonna work for them, okay? There's all kinds of ways to go about anything and certainly when it comes to, to boosting how we feel mentally, emotionally and you know, everything in between, there's a number of ways to go. But for me, there's five big ones. If I reflect back on it, to something to, you know, for people to consider. The first is the belief system, like I said. And for me, there was a few things. Humans are the ultimate adaptation machine. I'd repeat that to myself, to other people, my friends, my family, my partner at all times. I love that one. I absolutely love it. It's Humans life. are the ultimate adaptation machine. I'll tell you why I love that, Rick. It's, it's not about me looking in a mirror saying, I'm better right now, I'm better right now. And look, that serves its purpose too. That's, that's a whole other conversation. But this is, whether you like it or not, whether you agree or not, whether it makes you feel happy right now or not, is besides the point. Humans are the ultimate adaptation machine. Darwin was often misquoted for saying it's the strongest of the species that survive. But he actually said it's not the strongest nor the most intelligent, but rather the most adaptive to change that will survive. And that's why humans are the apex predator, right? So I find that really fucking empowering. So I started to really buy into that and then integrate that into my own life and go, okay, like I said, it might not be tomorrow, but over time I can adapt and grow and change and evolve beyond imagination. And it's not rara, it's not motivation, hyperbole, it's... That's a that's facts. So just knowing that alone should help people just feel a little bit more confident. Okay, I can get better. I can improve my running. I can get fit. I can get healthier, and I can certainly boost my mental well-being and my narrative of myself. Okay, so that's the first thing. I also uh, built a belief system around. Hey, I am far more interested in how I feel about myself than how others feel about me. And dude, this was. I still struggle with this a little bit, but I reckon this is big for people. In, particularly in a social media world, which kind of amplifies this human need for context of like, how do I fit in the world? Where do I belong? Who am I? Mate, it's a rabbit hole to go down. Um, but that, that was be a whole other episode. whole other episode, yeah. mate. But I struggled with that for a while. Series on that one, I struggled with that for a while. Um, but part of my belief system was, okay, I'm far more interested in how I feel about myself than how others feel about me. So I started making decisions in according in accordance with that because when I didn't that's what led me to really starting to emotionally mentally spiral out of control so mate we could go down that rabbit hole hey but the belief system is the first place to start get an empowering belief system and it can be built and knowing that it can be built is really important the second thing is physiology which I know you're huge on you know we could geek on uh, geek out for hours about all the different ways to optimize our neurochemistry and things of that nature but you know brain chemistry is the name of the game when it comes to what's the meaning of life i love those abstract conversations and maybe over a glass of wine we could sort of riff on a few ideas one time mate but <clears throat> brain chemistry is what we're after it's you know feeling a certain way 
And the more you can get your physiology right, it's just the best place to start. It's the lowest hanging fruit. So, you know, people tuning into this show, I imagine are already aware of that, of how important movement is. But it's one of three things, movement and exercise, the right rest and, and sleep, and then nutrition and diet, right? They're the three pillars that I fell back on, which, you know, for anyone struggling in any capacity, it's really the best place to start because it's so tangible. Get your food right, prioritize your sleep uh, and, and your rest and, and move your body. And it is insane how much of an impact that will have over time as your physiology improves. I've seen a lot of science coming out lately and you know, mm-hmm. certainly not a direct quote, but just something to, to consider. A lot of science coming out at the moment around um, anxiety and some of the largest contributors and, and diet just keeps coming up. So what you're putting into your body. So just food for thought for people that are struggling not only can you improve your physiology by getting those three things right, but the sense of agency you have and the identity, right, the empowering identity that comes from I'm choosing, right, to do these things that are, that are good for me, that, that's, that's empowering. So that was a big one for me. And then just a couple hours really quick was connection. So living in alignment with your values and connection is big for people, uh, almost all people, you know, COVID, if anything's really highlighted this isolation and, and loneliness pandemic. You know, people talk about the, the pandemic right now, which is one one piece, but it's really in large part a pandemic of loneliness that's been showcased. Been around for a while, but it's really been showcased in the last couple of years. So um, connection's huge. You know, so the opportunity for even just me and you having this chance to be here in the flesh, to, to have a conversation, to have an important conversation, rather than just my, hey, go on and da-da-da and see you later. Deep, true connection, fuck, mate, it, it, that helps a lot. So for me, that was huge um, as well. And then the final piece for people to consider is to intentionally cultivate joy in our lives. Wow. I'm all about, mate, I'm all about chasing the business and, the, and, the, and, and even just going super deep on the personal growth journey and all that stuff, amazing. Yeah. And it serves its purpose to feeling good. But, mate, if you look at your calendar over the last six months and you haven't, got a pretty substantial amount of like joyful experiences prioritized my guess is you're probably finding yourself in a bit of a funk right now and that's a big piece i want people to consider too whether it's with your partner your friends your family or by yourself what brings you joy if you don't know start there just take time to audit that you know for me it's going to the movies i love going to the movies right i love listening to hip-hop rap music and understanding the poetry and the storytelling in it so what is it for you that's going to bring you genuine joy and, and lean into that that's that's really cool, um, and I, I've listened to a lot of your stuff obviously the last couple of weeks, and um, and I know you are. It's, I love your diversity. I love that you've got um, lots of different passions and interests, and and the cultivation of joy is really important. Do stuff that makes you happy, um, and be around people that make you happy. So mm. that, that that speaks to the last two points: the connection, um, and I know you've spoken well, not to negative, but uh, just be very aware of who who's around you and what they. But that's that we don't have to go into that. But yeah, just what what. A, effects are they having on you as well so mm. I think really good and just to go over that uh, with uh, reverse back a couple of bits like the the empowerment and stuff is really important and, and just to amplify to people that the nutrition and the sleep and um, the movement we talk about movement all the time it's not going to feel natural straight away mm. so we are wired for comfort as you said and we're wired to be safe and, and the comfortable thing that our brain is going to tell us is to say start tomorrow start tomorrow or just have that just eat that whatever and overeat again mm-hmm. just overeat like you've done the last 35 years and then you can start tomorrow because that's the comfortable way but to change that 
our brain chemistry is to start. Um, and whatever it means, writing it down, like we spoke about tangibility, we write it down about this is what we're going to do and this is what we did today. We did this today. You used the word order, which was great. I did an order to myself today and I did all this stuff and I felt good today and I slept for seven and a half hours tonight and I had three litres of water. Um, if you do that every day, all of a sudden stuff starts to change. So um, really, really, real powerful tips. That is, that's monstrous. And I guess if you want to rewind that and do the last 10 minutes, listeners, I really would recommend because I was just listening and just loving every second of these of Liam's chat. With that, mate, was there anything you did uh, you, you've looking back that now, um, obviously in a, a past tense. I know mm-hmm. you're still doing it today, of course, and it's going to be every day. Like, mm. It's the life's not. It's not all rainbows and lollipops. No, for anybody. Let's be honest. Mm. Um, was there anything you when you started doing like the easy jogs or whatever it may be, the nutrition, the sleep? Were you doing? Was there any? Was there any way you just? Uh, you said control the controllables, but was there anything you had in mind? Were you writing anything down? you have a, a goal that just kind of evolved? Yeah, evolve? mate, that's a very good question. And I, I can tell you what worked for me. And I don't know if it's the right or wrong answer, but it's something to consider for people, right? I had a goal. There's something, and, and the goal, I'd hit my goal because, mate, how good does it feel when you set an objective and you hit the objective? Now, the danger comes when, you, when you're, you're banking your future happiness on that outcome, and then the outcome comes, and you get that momentary do, uh, boost of dopamine, and but that... We've all been there. It doesn't last very long. No. So if that's if you're if you're waiting to feel good until you get the outcome, that's a terrible place to, to be operating from. But there's something intrinsically rewarding about being in pursuit of a of a worthwhile goal. And so for me, my fitness journey in terms of rebuilding it, I had very set checkpoints. Um, you know, a lot of it was around running because for me, sort of staying in that heart rate zone was huge as opposed to weight training, which sort of flared up my neck and all my head issues, symptoms would flare up. So I had some running goals that I'd build up, build up, build up. And it was, I think, three years after the, the, the injury that I completed a half marathon. So I did a half marathon. Um, it was actually my first time I'd done it. And I did it in a pretty solid time too, with some solid training beforehand. So that was one that I remember clearly was an objective that I'd had. And it just felt really good to train towards that. And the reason I say having a goal helped was, as we've touched on a few times now in this chat, we're not, we are wired to conserve calories. So, uh, you know, the, and this is something I want to highlight if I may, sort of go off on a little, little tangent again. I think it's really useful. A lot of the work I do now, like I said, is around emotional, mental well-being, coaching and things like that. But it's also around helping people get from A to B, like to reach some sort of goal of some sorts, right? And in large part, there's really two things that I see get in the way when that, when people are trying to go after something. So let's say it's a fitness journey. It's the comparison game. So they start moving and shaking and putting things in place, going for runs, lifting weights, whatever it is. And there's always going to be someone that's fitter, stronger, faster. And they see that and they go, fuck. As a human, we're trying to answer this question, who am I, where do I belong? They take that context and go, well, I belong down here. Fuck it, I don't feel very empowered. You stop doing the work. So that's one piece is the comparison game. And the, the second one is at the time you make a decision to do something, like you set a goal, you're excited. Man, you could, we could set some stuff right now and be like up and about. We've got the, our body is filled with the, with the chemistry that feels excitatory, right? What happens though when it comes two days time from now and you said you were going to go for a run at five in the morning or you're going to lift those weights or you're going to go for that walk or you were going to, you know, do that thing that's going to make you feel better. That time comes around. You don't feel like it anymore. You're tired. You fatigue. It's how you interpret that feeling. You're not always going to feel that excitatory dopamine release, right? It's not 
going to happen. And if you're waiting on that feeling to do what you said you would do, you're in trouble. So it's understanding that feeling. And that's kind of what I got pretty good at was I've got my goal. Um, we've spoken a lot about decision fatigue. I know you're really big on that. I've got my goal. I don't have to overthink it. I just got to turn up and get it done. But I also now know that I'm not always, like there's going to be days where I genuinely don't feel like it. And bar some sort of serious injury or, or some other concern that maybe I need to reconsider, I, I need to turn up and I will feel better for doing the work. And so I think that's where a lot of people fall down is that they misunderstand what that feeling means. I don't feel like it anymore. Maybe this goal isn't that important to me. Maybe I'm not capable of it. Just, I don't, I can't be fucked. Whatever it is. No, it's just that your body is trying to keep you safe and conserve calories. That's why there's friction there. So I was able to remember that most of the time and sort of show up, show up. So yeah, roundabout way of sort of answering your question there. Sorry, Rick. No, but, it's, it's fucking brilliant. Um, it's being awesome. able to have that goal, understanding what those feelings are when they come up on route to that goal and being able to maneuver through that is really big. Mm-hmm. That helped tremendously because all of a sudden you go from 5K, 10K to the half marathon mm-hmm. I mentioned. And, um, you know, I went back and played football this year, albeit a couple of games, um, put on a clinic, mind you. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, after four or five years away, uh, just obviously with the head trauma stuff, to now obviously going to Ironmans that I'm doing and, you know, I'll probably come last, but I'll get it done. And that's exciting. It's brilliant. And great, great tips because we always talk about not relying on motivation. Uh, it just has to be hardwired. And how empowering is that to say, okay, this, I'm not going to be filled with dopamine and excitable hormones and, and neurotransmitters because it's 5am but I'm going to get it done and that's very 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 empowering and it, I tell you what once you start doing this for months and years on end mm. it just changes yeah. so you're not the same person that you were three years ago but our whole life is about we do we want to be the same but we don't we want to be able to change mm-hmm. unless every centimetre of your life is perfect yep. or you which hopefully it is but you want to continue to grow and adapt and and be a better version of yourself. Give me some of your big tips on um, empowerment mm-hmm. mindset because I've got no doubt that you are in this space daily. So yeah. some of your big tips on that. Mate, this is, yeah, this is a real juice of a lot of the work that I do and what I'm really passionate about. And again, mate, never claim to have all the answers, but if I could say a couple of things that land with people, then you beauty, we've, you know, we've played our role today. So, so for me, language is the best place to start, right? So something super tangible that people can use, find language stems. Now, what I mean by that is is this. Something that I always fall back on, we've touched on a couple of times already, humans are the ultimate adaptation machine. I will say that out loud. I am literally trying to brainwash myself. I'm trying to recondition my nervous system, my belief system, unpack old limiting. I'm trying to really subscribe to that so deeply at every opportunity that it becomes second nature. So when I'm struggling, when I'm feeling fatigued, when I'm doubting myself, which never really comes up, I can fall back on that. So that's just one thing. Humans are the ultimate adaptation machine. Say it at all times. Love it. Language is a two-way street to mood, right? So often we'll see people sort of, you know, I'll give you a quick little uh, analogy. So let's say I'll see you in the morning tomorrow, Rick, and you've slept well, and you've had a night, you get an email with, you know, great news for the business. You've had your coffee up and about, and I ask how you're going. You're probably going to tell me you're up and about, and you're feeling good. Let's say the reverse of that happens, shit night's sleep, you have an argument with your partner, you haven't had your coffee, you haven't had your workout, you're just feeling physiologically a bit off. How you going, Rick? You know, you might be able to you might be able to, you know, show up a certain way, potentially, you know, I know you've got a you've got a great attitude, but odds are you're gonna probably say something more along the lines of a bit flat, or I'm tired, I'm this, whatever. So people seem to understand that language 
reflects mood, but we can direct our mood with language. So um, to bring it all together, language stems. So having things that you find empowering and saying them at all opportunities is really empowering to actually go the other way to impact mood. Another thing for me is I'm the kind of person that, fill in the blank, who the fuck am I? Who am I to tell you how to live your life? But whatever's important for you, complete that sentence. I'm the kind of person that. I'm the kind of person that always does what I say I'll do. I'm the kind of person that sets my fitness goals and I live into them. I'm the kind of person that um, lives in with authenticity and I'm the kind of person that shows up in line with my own values, not other people's. What, whatever's important for you. And that can be a process in and of itself to identify that. I'll stop. That is absolutely brilliant. It also works to reverse with belief system though, I've always been, mm. I've always, I've never been a morning person. I've always been a chocolate. Oh, you're probably gonna touch on this, but we can change that just by changing language. Mm-hmm. I've always been lazy. I've always been overweight. Yeah. I've always been whatever. Why? Mm. Why can't we change? Yeah. It, it's bullshit. Yeah. So, um, Brilliant, um, and I don't talk about language too much, so really, really, really brilliant, and it does work both ways. So it really does. I'm sorry for interjecting, keep going. No, 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 mate, that's, that's so powerfully true. And I mean, I catch myself out sometimes, but I guess for people, you know, the takeaway is this, know how important language is and have some things that you can say to other people, and certainly to yourself, I journal daily, um, that will go a long way to feeling really empowered. Another thing as well is to recognize that what gets prioritized gets done. And you can literally build a, you can build evidence and a track record of performance in the areas important to you. So essentially it's a roundabout way of saying competence is going to give you a sense of confidence. Now, Rick, odds are, mate, you're pretty, you feel pretty good about your ability to perform you know, on the track. You can run pretty well. You've spent 20, however many years you know, in this space. You've got a level of competence and a track record that's helped you feel confident in that area. So whilst I'm really big on uh, starting with beliefs, an easy way to kind of dive into that belief loop is to actually get better and prioritize what's important to you. So if something's not important to you, the other caveat here is, who cares? Mm-hmm. Someone's doing something and like, oh, maybe I should do that, maybe should. Who, just let that go. But whether it's your fitness, your, you know, your business, your career, relationship, things that are important to you, prioritize it. So we mentioned the Ironman, sort of joked a couple of times about how, you know, I'm certainly not gonna win, but I will get it done. I will get it done. I've been training for it for six months. Um, mate, this is the number one priority in my life right now. And that, that'll change, you know, I'll get, I'll get it done. I'll, you know, get fitness and that sort of, keeping some sort of routine is important, but that might fluctuate a bit after the event. But right now, I know that needs to be a priority because then it will get done. And then that consistency and that track record Gives me a sense of empowerment, right? Brilliant. So for people, take away, if you want to feel a sense of empowerment, build a track record that supports your belief that you are whatever you want to feel. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's really big. Magnificent. I guess maybe the final piece is the law of osmosis. So what you surround yourself with, self with, right? And there's three things that I consider are worth auditing and, and doing what you can to to put yourself, to get, to get around the best version of these. The first is people, the second is ideas, and the third is places. So um, right now I'm in an amazing place with an amazing person. Gee, you and, keep going, this is fucking marvellous. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, bouncing off some, what I think are some great ideas and important, important conversations to be had. So osmosis. So if you're feeling less than empowered, how often are you around people that 
are empowering. How often are you learning, listening, reading, studying ideas that are empowering? How often are you in places that are inspiring in nature, time with friends and novelty and doing new things and adventure? Like places, people and ideas, you want to get around as much as you can because through osmosis, you will naturally start to integrate that into who you are. That's how you start to feel empowered as well. Mates, that is absolute gold. Like if you could just repeat that over and over, that last part especially, like mm. how when you think back, if you have been weeks or months without uh, feeling empowered, look back when you say you journal, look back on all that. Mm. And what is it? What really? Yeah. What's, what's happened? Like, what have I not? I'm not been anywhere. Mm. I've been just doing the same old stuff every day. You spoke to you seventy point three. Tell me about lessons learned from mm. that, and it's it's a very different space yeah so tell me about all about the 70.3 yeah tips and tips that you found from that yeah mate you have to you have to have me back on once i've done it and i can i can give you the horror stories of how challenging it was but so i've been training for about six months now for for this goal and there's a few few tangible lessons that i've taken away that i think probably apply to really any arena of life the the first is the importance of a plan which we've touched on already so having a clear objective and a clear plan is so important takes away the decision making fatigue um, you don't have to over, overthink or doubt. You, you've made your objective, you've made your plan, you just go shop and get it done. Okay? It's, it's when people start trying to overthink or, or reinvent the wheel, that doesn't, you start going in a million different directions. Whereas having my goal, having a set training plan, all I gotta do is turn up and get it done. So that's been really important. Having a clear plan gets you a long way. Second thing I've learned is that we all have a ceiling on what we think is capable for ourselves. Mate, I can't tell you the... Um, my language was so poor six months ago, funnily enough, uh, around my ability to swim, okay? I remember, look, funny story if you've got the time. I remember, uh, I remember setting myself the goal. All right, I'm going to go train. Happy days. Never been much of a swimmer, but fuck, how hard can it be? <laughs> go, down the, go down the ocean with my partner. Um, and I remember telling her, listen, I'm just going to go swim out to the pier and back. It's maybe 500 metres. Let's see how we go. She's like, I'll come with you. I'm like, yeah, just be careful. I don't want you to, don't want you to drown. I just, you know, I was worried for her. So, because she's very competitive, you know, it's a whole other thing. So I was like, just <laughs> stay in the shallow end, like, you know, just oh, make sure you don't do too much, mate. <laughs> I, I swam about 40 meters, and then my heart rate was through the roof. My arms were heavy. I had a panic attack. I just, I'm like, I can't. I, I couldn't comprehend how people can glide through the water, the ocean in particular, when there's waves. Meanwhile, my partner's just saw her. She was having a great time. So the point is, the, the narrative that came up for me over time, particularly as I started training, was I'm not a swimmer, right? It was, I can't swim. Yeah, I'm a pretty good runner. I can push my body and get pretty good on the, on the run. I can, I can ride if I get good at it. I won't be able to swim. It's not po- So there was a ceiling I had on what was possible for me. And man, I'm still struggling with that. I'm still trying to unpack that a bit. But over time, you can chip away, chip away. So the lesson was, we all have ceilings. So if there's something that you're constantly running up against, if it's the same old pattern, whether it's with your money, you know, uh, with relationships is a big one, you know, career, and, and certainly with your level of happiness, there was a period of time where things are going great, but then I'd fall back into some sort of slump, right? And a lot of people relate to that. It's like, I'm up and about, and then oh, I'm feeling flat again. Start the process of trying to understand what those limiting beliefs are. So that's the second lesson. We all have this limiting beliefs system and a ceiling what we think is possible and that will keep us captive until we're able to kind of unpack and wrestle that back a bit so that was big 
Um, the third lesson was how important consistency is, which I know you're huge on and do a lot of great work with your, with your customers and, and your community with runners. Um, so consistency is huge. As soon as you drop off, the activation energy required to get started again is hard. It's like that law of inertia, right? So an object in motion tends to stay in motion, object at rest tends to stay in rest. Mate, keep, keep the ball rolling. Mate. Keep the ball rolling. So look, there were, probably, there were a few of the big lessons that I really, really took away. And I guess the fourth one, we've already, we've already touched on it, was just, holy shit, how much we can grow physically and mentally yeah. beyond what we can even fathom. Mate, I am far from a good swimmer. Terrible, potentially. But I can swim a couple of K in the lap pool now. Yeah. And just six months ago, I couldn't swim 60 metres. I'm not exaggerating. So we can grow far beyond what... It, we can't even conceptualise where we can get to. Nah. And that's the thing, you're talking about you're doing this half Ironman and this, but it was only six months ago you couldn't swim a lap of the pool. So that is a great metaphor for everything we've spoken about today, not just this, like you, you touch some business or finance or whatever, yeah. whatever it may be, what we're talking about. You, we're talking about, like, especially what you do with your guys, is happiness is the most important thing in the world. 100, um, yeah. Um, but you, you could use this, these learnings for anything. In life, you might be the happiest person on earth, but you want to just get better at something, golf, business, whatever. Nothing to do with anything we've spoken about, whatever. And you still take this methodology because yeah. it will work. Yeah. And everything you've spoke of is, is amazing. And the consistency factor to keep the ball rolling, you're brilliant on that. Um, it's it's massive. And look where you are now. Um, tell us about, I guess, the luck, just to finish off today, because mm. we definitely will get you back on. I've got the feeling we'll be doing a few... I think so, Whether mate. it's podcasts or YouTube, just Instagram stories, whatever it makes together. Because, again, very much in alignment with what we do. Um, I guess day-to-day at the moment, mate. Mm. Um, I know you're on, this, you're on stage, you talk to footy clubs, and um, we'll put all the details in the show notes, of course. And I know there's a lot of football and football clubs involved with, with our show. What? How are you day-to-day? Well, mm. Day-to-day, um, I guess your big ambitions and goals for the future... Mm-hmm. And then I guess finally, just where we can find you, of course, in our show notes, but where, where the listeners can find you straight away. Yeah, of course, mate. So a um, f- few things on the day-to-day. AMs and PMs, you've got to get your routine sorted. And I'm, don't you don't have to follow mine, but a massive thing for people, you know, if you haven't got your AM and PM routine dialed in, um, you know, you, you'll just find that the middle of the day just fluctuates so much. But if you can control that the start and the end, Again, goes a long way to feeling empowered. So for me, it looks like this that's every great, morning. That's a great tip. Every morning, mate, bar none, do not miss a day. And it's not because I'm special, it's just because this is important to me and it helps me feel a certain way. And how I feel about myself is my North Star, right? I want to feel good about myself in a, in a very healthy way. So I wake up, I have a cold shower, haven't missed for two years. How many minutes? I do four to five. Yeah, that's obviously something you've adapted. Yeah, very much so, mate. It's, it's, it started. It started off with you know, fifteen minute hot shower, and then chuck the cold on the legs for for ten seconds, and you know, build up from there. And now it's at a point where it's, I mean, similar to training, right? With exercise, sometimes it starts a bit of a chore. I want to lose weight, or I want to feel a certain way. And it's just hard work. But then, you know, a year goes by, and you, and you feel worse when you don't do it, right? So do you, I find that with cold showers. I love it. Uh, the Wim Hof stuff and all that's obviously very famous. Do you? Do you? Have a warm shower first. I don't. So you just get straight in. Yeah. And this is this pre-train or post-train? This is uh, irrelevant. So you train first usually. It, 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 I usually have the, the the shower first. I usually have two. So yeah. I I'll have my cold shower first. Then train. And then I will meditate. How long for? 
Five to ten minutes. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting out. No, no, of for sure, yeah. No, no, yeah. Five, ten minutes. So for me, it's not about, you know, floating away to the Himalayas. It's about the routine and consistency Love and just this. being able to keep my nervous system as calm as possible. So, so I meditate, which then allows me to then journal for five to ten minutes. And again, you don't have to do this, but I just find this really useful for me. So cold shower, up and about, meditate for ten minutes, five, ten minutes. Journal for five, 10 minutes, and that could be what I'm grateful for, could be my plan for the day, could be how I want to show up for the day, could be lessons learned from the day before, because I'm all about trying to, you know, continually, I guess, enhance um, what I know to be true of myself in the world so that I can feel more empowered and then potentially, hopefully, help other people too. So, could be whatever, but I journal for 10 minutes, then I go train. So, depending on whatever day it is, could be you know, at the moment, it could be a, this morning, for example, was an hour in the pool, did a couple of 2K in the pool over different intervals. And then into half hour run with a couple of different um, intervals in that as well, like some speed stuff too. So that was today, tomorrow's an hour and a half ride. Um, so it'll vary, but then it'll be train. Then it'll come back to my house, stretch, another cold shower, uh, and then kind of whatever I need to do for the day. Awesome. Okay, PM it looks like I'll do a little stretch session for 10 minutes. Um, uh, then I will meditate for five minutes, even a couple of minutes. For me, it's just about getting some deep breaths in before I go to bed. Have um, have a little potion for me, which is a bit of GABA concentrate and um, lion's mane and some chamomile tea. Um, and all electronics off at least half an hour before bed. So that for me is really important. So that's my PM and then really you know, my way of prioritizing sleep. Throughout the day, at the moment, it might look... Um, uh, I mean, my idea, it varies, as you know, like, you know, if you're running a business, it can, it can get, um, it can vary significantly, but on an average day, it might look like doing a piece of content in the morning. Um, so whether it's a podcast or just creating something for YouTube, whatever it might be, then I might do a one-on-one call um, with someone. So I do some coaching stuff one-on-one, which I'm really passionate about, get really that, I guess, that more intimate, intimate opportunity to, to work with people. Um, and then in the afternoon, uh, I might do another stretch session or I might do another one-on-one or I might facilitate a program. But I'm also reading, listening and studying a lot as well. So the middle of the day varies, but going back to that point I made earlier, the AIM and the PM for me is really important. Mm. So hopefully that answers your question oh, a bit. great advice. That's really good advice. Um, and mate, for, for the future, like, yeah, this, this is a new space for me. We are talking off air before about, you know, my journey, spent 11 years in travel, sort of finished up in that industry and now carving out a career as, you know, as a speaker. And, and of course, there's a business around that as well. But at the same time, mate, it's really just driven by just wanting to help people. Been through my own journey, said a number of times already. I know how bad it can get, but I know how fucking good it can get as well. And it's easy to lose that when you're in the thick of it. It's really easy to forget that. It's really easy to fall short on your goals and, and build this self-limiting narrative. Like all that stuff I'm passionate about. I don't have all the answers, but I'm passionate about it. And so... A lot of what I want to do moving forward is continually trying to unpack that, um, studying more about human behavior so we can integrate the science into these more kind of abstract ideas and then help help other people, you know, guys, girls, young, old, everyone in between, um, to, to live a more empowering life, to enjoy life. You touched on as well, Rick. The happiness is the name of the game. It's brain chemistry. It's feeling good. So um, those answers might evolve over time. And so right now I've shared a couple of ideas today which hopefully are useful. Um, yeah, but the plan for the future, mate, is just to connect with as many people as, as I can through, through platforms like this, of course, to the work I do you know, in, in front of different groups um, and then the, you know, the one-on-one coaching stuff if anyone's interested. Super powerful tips. Um, the morning and PM stuff is brilliant. Um, and again, you're not trying to preach. You're not saying, no. this is how you've got to do it. This is what works for you. But 
really it does align with everything we talk about anyway so everything you're talking about i think a lot of our listeners um no matter what space they're in again i'm massive on that doesn't matter what space or field you're in will listen to that and respect that and try hopefully if not all of them a few of them and go this really works for me mm. journaling meditating cold showers daily movement okay he's not trying to be an olympian but just continue to change his physiology and biomechanics and get better at swimming riding mm. running he's got an objective he's going to do it in a few months and we'll definitely get liam back on the show authentic honest raw very intelligent and motivating uh liam o'donnell tell us where that we can find you um, so on all the main, you know, social channels on the, on the interweb out there, I suppose on YouTube, you can just just search Liam O'Donnell. I should come up. Braintainment, you mentioned at the start. Appreciate that, mate. Is a podcast that I do. Um, just had you on recently as well, so that episode will air shortly, which will be exciting. But you know, I've had a, a whole range of guests on there every so often. It might just be a quick power sharing some ideas out loud that hopefully people resonate with. So Braintainment on Apple and Spotify, and also do the video platform on YouTube um, to the best places. I'm on Instagram um, at liamodonnell.ig. Uh, so they're the best places to find me. I've also got a website, liamodonnell.com.au. And guys, if you've got any questions, you know, anyone from your audience that wants to learn more, you know, or, or, just, or just connect. You know, we're very driven by human connection. Uh, it's my highest value. So if anyone just wants to start up a conversation, feel free to reach out and um, I certainly don't have all the answers and never, never claim to. But, you know, if, if it's something that I've said has resonate in some way or you just want to bounce something off me or Rick or whoever it might be, then, um, you know, we'd love to get in touch. Brilliant, mate. And of course, Liam's always available just for chats, or yeah. organic, organic chats. And if you are uh, maybe in a space that you don't want to be in as far as mentally or emotionally, then Liam's always there to help as well. Uh, and he's great with the one-on-one coaching. Or if you are after a speaker, he is the king. So footy clubs, sporting clubs in general, um, community groups, business groups, corporate groups, he's fantastic. So I well, thank you for your time today, brother. Um, you've got all your handles there. We'll connect them to the show notes. Continue to be great. What's on for the next uh, few hours, great man? You're going to launch into the, the evening. I think so, mate. It's been a big day, so I will. Um, I've actually got a call at seven um, that I will. I sort of make myself available for, which is actually a, a group of group of guys that I connect with on a regular basis, just to um, continue my own journey. So it's a good group of guys, a bit of banter. So it's really really fun and enjoyable. But at the same time, we're all there to learn and grow and um, you know encourage vulnerability as well. So. Um, that's a that's a call that I'll take part in, and then, mate, not long after that, I'll slide into my PM routine. I love the PM routine, and I love that we're going to finish with that kind of stuff: learning, vulnerability, and having fun, and more importantly, great man, connecting. Thanks, Liam O'Donnell. Until next time, brother. That's been Runners Radio.